Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. Fantasy RPG Nation, we have got a show for you guys this week. Something that I am very, very proud to release to you all. A very special episode featuring a very special guest. If you think back to a little under a year ago, episode eight, eight of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. This is episode 45, by the way. That's wild. But episode eight was the Sleeper Showdown, a very, very fun activity that Eric and I did with our guest at the time, the illustrious I Yell It, where we went past the top 180p for PPR scoring, and we drafted teams from those players, kind of that outside pool, basically just all sleepers. And that was a blast, even though Eric got very lucky with his quarterback selections and sweeped. I yell at an eye off the face of the earth. But this year, we are bringing it back. Sleeper Showdown 2 featuring myself, Mike Kashuba, and Hutchinson Brown. If you don't know Hutchinson Brown, he is, I want to say emerging, but that's only because I think he's just going to get bigger and bigger. He's been operating in the space for quite some time now, just turned 17 years old, and he's obviously got a mind for fantasy and football in general because his takes are pure fire, and I agree with a lot of them, uh, agreed with a lot of them, before I even knew he had those takes. And that feels really good with how smart I think this guy is. And the fact that I got a couple of these right (laughs) made me feel really good inside. But us three, Sleeper Showdown, number two, 2023. We're taking it up a notch a little bit. We're going to do outside of the top 180. Outside of the top 180. I'll post the link. So you can all see the ADPs that we were working from and just take a look for yourself and see the players that are available past that point. It is not pretty, but we're going to do our best and drop some bombs on some guys that are underrated, but I'm not going to keep you any longer. And I want to get you right into the app, but uh, not so fast, not before you hear that greatly gratifying Spotify for podcasters advertisement 
And then we'll get cruising right into Sleeper Showdown 2. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy this podcast. Dude, great hat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. That is this a was the uh, draft hat this year or two years ago. Was it this year? Oh, <laughs> no. We have, are you also, you're from Pennsylvania, aren't you? Correct. Yeah. Every single one of my co hosts is from, I can't believe this. Every single person that comes on the show is from Pennsylvania. Did you do this, Mike? Yeah. Did you do this on purpose? This, this wasn't on purpose, but Hutch, I'm from Allentown. So I don't know oh, if you yeah, know where yeah. that is. But, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm like, dude, I'm like, like, I could drive. I could drive like twenty minutes to Allentown. I'm very, Where are you very, at? If you Bethlehem. don't mind my asking, stranger on the internet. Bethlehem. But no, Bethlehem, oh. right by. Yeah, you. I'm Makanji. I went to Emmaus. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's yeah. that's uh, awesome. Yeah, I'm right. I'm really close. Yeah, we're really close. That's cool. Very cool. Cool, cool. Well, uh, I feel left out. <laughs> yeah, you no, you'll you'll get it one day. I'm literally on the other side of the country. I'm in Seattle. Oh wow! Yeah. Yep. I, I am in the best time zone, though. I will say, I, I think that PST is king, in my opinion. But I mean, it's got to be nice. You just wake up and football is on. You go to bed. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly. I'm what here. I'm it's like if Monday night games go into overtime, I'm like, I really don't want to go to work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But exactly. You really can't beat 10 a.m. or Sunday, Sunday morning. Night games too. Yeah. Yep. It's brutal. So I'm glad that you guys agree with me there. Uh, we yeah. can all come to an understanding that PST is in the best <laughs> time zone. Uh, but yeah, man, Hutch, great to have you, man. I, it's kind of crazy that we have you on here because you're definitely the biggest name we've ever had on the RPG podcast. Oh, I appreciate, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate the invite. It means a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I just love guesting on shows and coming on podcasts, and I, I love it. It means a lot to be able to be able to do that. So I, I when I like when I po- like I posted earlier this month, like, hey, anyone want to have? Me as a guest on their podcast, I got a bunch of replies. It was super fun. It was like, let's go. I love being on podcasts. Let's do this. But uh, thank you guys for the invite. I really do appreciate it. Oh, totally, man. Yeah, not not a problem. It's def- it's apparent uh, how passionate you are for for football and fantasy football with everything that you do. Yeah. I think it really bleeds through uh, for your for your whole brand. So I think that's definitely. I mean, I'm not surprised when I saw you uh, like with your your Twitter following and and all the stuff that you put out, the articles you write. It's like, oh yeah. That makes sense why this this guy is getting big. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. no problem, man. Of course. Uh, well, what do you guys say? Do you want to sort of launch into this? Hodge, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to uh, check out the show notes. Oh here, yeah, but... I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I I was on a, I was on a show earlier, so I haven't done like all the research in the world for the things. I am. I might make. I have. I have a bunch of names in mind. Um, to go for it, I just have to pick them out. But I will. I will in my mind during the show. <laughs> I had a pretty crazy day, and I was I was I literally just like two minutes ago got off a show. I was with Tyler, uh, the fantasy creator, on his YouTube channel. So, but um, okay. yes, I have um I have a bunch of names in mind for that. I was at top one hundred. You were just crunching these shows, huh? <laughs> You're just oh out yeah, dude. There. Like it's it's like it's like elite. Like I'm usually on like because I I have the hooked on fantasy podcast with Luke now. Mm. Um, 
So I'm at least like I'm usually three podcasts a week, like between Tyler's, between mine with and Luke's and between a guest appearance. I'm usually around three a week. Just casually showing on like, oh, with Luke, like Luke Sawhook, who's also yeah. like doing personal corner with Des Bryant, like just yeah, casually dude. like, yeah, that's dude, dude, like, whatever. I get to, it's really an honor. Like when he, when he invited me on his show as a co-host, like when he w- wanted to launch the rebrand as both of us co-hosts together, it was really cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm very honored to be able to work with him. It's we've been friends in the industry for a while. We connected yeah. as like young guys, so we're uh, we're we're good. But um, young guys, you're still aren't you like 17? <laughs> I just turned 17 a few days ago. Yeah, that's cool. Well, happy birthday, man! Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, no, yeah, that's awesome, man. And and I guess for the listeners, I mean, we we usually just go in cold open, so this is probably even the start of the show for us. But uh-huh. just to give like the listeners yeah. at home like. Uh, a chance to sort of know who we're talking about here. We got Hutchinson Brown guys on the RPG podcast, uh, writer for Football Guys, writer for DLF, uh, and previously the host of Hutch Coming in Clutch, now Correct, the yeah. host of Hooked on Fantasy. Uh, yeah. Hutchinson, man, do you want to just like give us a lowdown of your whole your whole thing? Like what what you got like coming down the pipeline? Is it this podcast give us sort of a rundown on on what you guys are uh, getting up to over there so uh you mean specifically for hooked on fantasy or just yeah my- yeah your, your new pot is like a new podcast for you right you you were yeah. doing your old one and now you got a new thing going yeah so i mean i like when i started in the industry i started in the industry about two and a half years ago when i was 14 my first thing when i started was a podcast it was like my first ever tweet was about my podcast teaser trailer coming out soon and uh it's just blown up from there and that podcast has been really special in the past couple two and a half years. But um, me and Luke over the past month or so have been doing a lot of Twitter spaces together. We've been doing a lot more content together, and we've always been friends. And we've always wanted something long term together. We've talked about it before, just never really uh, put it together. But after a Twitter space, Luke was like, "Hutch, he gave me his number, and I called him, and we were like, dude." And he was like, "Dude, I, you know, I've been trying to host Hooked on Fantasy by myself on and off for a while now. It just never works." And I want to co-host. I was wondering if you would want to do it with me. I think we can make a great team. And I was like, let's go. Let's do this. So the past two episodes, uh, we've been able to, we, it's it's blown up. People really love it. Um, the, the hype for it before the first show was really awesome. It was really appreciated. And then uh, the first couple episodes have done really well, like listener wise, you know, the comments that we're getting, like it's done really, really well. And we have a great lineup of guests uh, coming within the next month or two. Like it's, it's awesome. We're very, very excited uh, for the future of our show, but. Yeah, it's it's been really really fun for Hooked on Fantasy. We really love working together. We just gel really well. It's really nice to find that that person. Uh, you know, I have yeah. two other podcast hosts besides Mike here, who is actually a recent addition to uh, the RPG cast. But as soon as I had Mike on as a guest, I'm like, man, we gotta get you in here full time. Like, we we gotta do more podcasts <laughs> yeah, yeah, together because yeah. I I think we got a similar deal going. But that's cool, man. What what was your what are you guys talking about lately? Like, what was your last episode on? Oh, so yeah, usually like our last episode, like the the episodes, we like it's really chill and laid back. Actually, like we make we don't usually make like super complex, like crazy show docs. We're usually like, all right, here's a topic or a couple topics, and we'll just go and just loophole from there. Like last week, we talked with Ray GQ. Uh, he he was it was awesome meeting him and talking to him. He's a great guy. Um, but uh, we we talked about the Deandre Hopkins news, and we just broke down the entire team and just talked about all the news and all the consequences, all the outcomes that is that it could have on this team. And we went like 30 minutes just talking about it. It was really, really awesome. It was a great conversation. 
Very cool, man. Well, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm glad you have a little bit of uh, experience in that in that regard, because we do like to kind of go over shortly sort of the news topics before we get to our main topic, yeah. which for us, it's going to be uh, basically one of our more popular episodes was a year ago when we did the sleeper showdown draft where we only draft guys outside the top 100 ADP. This time we're doing 180. So it'll be yeah, a little even more I mean, difficult. Look at the, the names are tough, man. Yeah. Especially running back. They get tough out there. Man. Running back is they get yeah. tough down there. <laughs> it's real it's tough. Brutal. Out there. Brutal. It's brutal. Uh, but but before we get into, yeah, I guess just talking a little bit of, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, we had the deadline pass for the franchise tag deals to come yeah. through. Mm-hmm. We'll get into a little bit of that, but to kind of like, you know, roll into it uh, and and kind of shake off a little bit of my rust a little bit because I just got off of a nine hour workday. Uh, I have a question here that I think Mike input where uh, Mike, do you want to ask it actually? Because it's your question. Man. Yeah, I mean, this this was supposed to be the cold open, but we're, we're already 20 minutes in and we're rolling with it. But uh, if you could only eat one food for every meal for the rest of your life, what would you eat? Hutch, you're the guest. You can go first. Wow, that's that's tough. I mean, I think the I think the like six-year-old me would probably say apples like i for real ate like four or five apples a day when i was six years old like my parents spent my parents spent like three hundred dollars a month on apples like doctors are terrified of you oh my gosh bro doctors never came near me it was so bad (laughs) but yeah um i was i was i was the king of apples and i was what what apples are we what are we talking what what honey crisp was always my honey crisp honey crisp it is is continued to be the favorite i still love apples today it's it's great choice Genuinely one of my favorite foods. I'm, I might, that's div- definitely a temptation for me. Um, wow. I think, I mean, I want to, I want to say apples. Like I really want to say yeah. apples. I mean, it's at least healthy. You won't feel like you won't feel like sick after you eat it. I think, I think I might say apples, which is really weird, but I think I, I, think I, I, could say I don't think it's weird to be honest. Yeah. I, I honestly, when I read this, my inclination was bananas. Because I'm like, I'm oh. constantly eating bananas throughout the day. Uh, I love to just like grab one in my kitchen and and get down on banana. Uh, I think it it might be beat out slightly by a good like carne asada street taco. I think Ooh. that's like, yeah, that's like it for oh, me, yeah. we, I think. We lived, but... uh, my family used to live in New York for a while and there's always food trucks around yeah. selling ta- like street tacos. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Like they, they just they're so good they're it's just beautiful. it's a small ones on the yep. small tortillas just oh, a little yeah. bit of onion and cilantro oh and just, yeah exactly yeah. so good so good i think great that's choices. probably my pick yeah that's a really about you, great Mike? choice uh i would probably roll with uh like a pokeball but it's got like oh, the nice, beef yeah. the chicken the rice on it i just feel like i could probably eat oh, I... that for every meal forever oh my goodness i, just... I want to change my answer yeah <laughs> i want to change my answer you Not get a little that, bit of sauce but, on there. Yeah. You mix it up. Like some some days, maybe you don't put the sauce on. Like you can, it's very interchangeable that it can get the job yeah. done. Yeah, it's so. a it's a testament to how fried my brain is. When you said Pokeball, I thought like Pokemon, like a Pokeball. I'm like, yeah, I don't think those are like edible technically. And then I'm like, oh, no, 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 I got you. Yeah, but, uh, I'm just munching on Pikachu. Yeah, no, yeah, my we actually had it for dinner tonight, ironically, but my family oh, make wow. this. We make this salmon rice bowl and it's like rice, it's salmon, it's uh you put some soy sauce in it and you get like spinach and like this corn bean feta cheese salsa like salsa kind of thing. It's so Dang. delicious. It's I, I might change my answer to that. That is like and it's like extremely good for you, really healthy. Like it's it's yeah, a full of nutrients, full of good stuffs. But um yeah, that, that, that is solid my answer. That's really that's really good. Yeah, that's that really good. <laughs> 
right. that's sort of the two extremes there a little bit. Yeah, very, I guess both very different. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that that was a good little cold open, Mike. Love I it. appreciate that question. Uh, great. But okay, yeah, let's let's dive in, guys. Uh, just because you you got it on the mind with what you just sort of talked about, Hutchinson. Let's. I mean, do you want to talk a little bit of DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans? Just like broad overview, how you're feeling on it. Uh, you know, elevating the Titans as a whole. You think is DeAndre Hopkins? Does he got a little juice left? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think when the the main takeaway for me in this offense, I feel like I haven't. I've talked about this on the Hooked on Fantasy episode uh, with Luke a, a couple of days ago and with Ray G. And I also have talked about this on a Patreon post that I did um, a couple of days ago, but I did it more in depth uh, on the Patreon post if you want to check that out. But um, I think that people are really, really looking at this the wrong way. I feel like on Twitter, I just don't see this take thrown at all. I don't see this possibility thrown at all. I feel like it's really just undervalued right now. I feel like there's a really good chance that the Titans increase their pass attempts by a significant amount this year. When you add a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, it usually tends to show that a team wants to pass more. Like you, when you look at the Je- the, the Vikings, ever since they add Justin Jefferson, every single year from then they've increased their pass attempts. And the Eagles were primarily after the after the first six games of Jalen Hurts' first year starting, because the first six games they threw the ball like crazy. But after that point. They were really, really low in pass attempts. Jalen Hurts threw 30 pass attempts in a game twice from week six on. Uh, like, it was insane. The passing one was so low. And then they had A.J. Brown. And look where Jalen Hurts is at now. Look where the Eagles team is at now. They were passing the ball at a pretty decently higher rate compared to that last year. Like, when you look at teams that add big-time wide receivers, it usually shows they want to pass more and change the scheme. And people keep copying and pasting the stats from the Titans last year into this year and trying to divvy that up among Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins, I just don't think that makes sense. Because when you add a big-time wide receiver, you want it shows you want to pass more. And then adding on to that, when you have talented wide receivers, you need to get them the football. Traylon Burks, like when he was coming out of the class, I genuinely believed he was the best receiver in that class. Ooh, that was something yeah, I too. really believed. Yes. I loved Traylon Burks. That, he was my my guy. I don't think that, I don't know. I feel like Garrett Wilson's kind of stepped above him. Chris Olave's looking really good. But, I still believe a lot in Traylon Burks. And I think he's talented enough to the point where he's going to demand a certain number of targets, similar to how T. Higgins does in Cincinnati, how Devontae Smith does in Philly. He's going to demand a target role. He's going to demand a role in his offense. And I think that he's going to be very, very relevant. So I think he's a really good value right now in drafts. He's going so low, and he's going to only get lower from here. I'm totally with you on Traylon Burks, man. I, I appreciate that you said that because he was my wide receiver one coming out of the draft as well. Uh, so I'm still a believer. You have to be right. You believe in that kind of guy. He has his rookie season. We're so spoiled on rookie wide receivers now that come out and just yes. auto flash that it's just it's not always how it works. And especially in, you know, the offense that they had, uh, it, it's no surprise to me that he had sort of a tumultuous season. Um, and I think it also makes sense, too, that when you look at you know, the Titans team as a whole, they've really been funneling Derrick Henry. Uh, that was that has been their main focal point in that offense for a long time. And Derrick Henry is going to be 30 soon. Uh, he's got a foot yeah. injury that is not going to get like better, maybe not worse, but still going to linger, in my opinion. And so eventually they're going to have to figure out life beyond Derrick Henry and going to more of a pass happy offense is is modernizing the team. And it's also preparing for like, hey, we're about to not have one of the best running backs in football at some point here in the near future. So I think that all definitely makes sense. Um, Mike, you Hopkins thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, so Hutch basically nailed it with the increasing passing volume. Like that's a point that a lot of people miss. I'm still a little worried about where his ADP is right now, especially in redraft. Like he's still floating around like wide receiver 21, 22 range. And I mean, he is. And it's yeah, he is, it's yeah. so weird. Like because if you look at the list of receivers that are over 30 that have changed teams, I know it's like a really small list of people, but like normally if you're changing teams, it means that there's something wrong with your scenario or there's something wrong with like you and your coaching staff, or you think that you've already made it and you're not working as hard as you used to. He's coming off a PED suspension. He's on a new team. Like I think it is good for the Titans offense as a whole. And it's, it's probably better news for Traylon Burks than it is for Deandre Hopkins. So I think personally, I'm going to be fading D hop and I'm going to be really excited about Burks at the values they're going at now. I agree there. I think they're both going to like, like Luke asked me on the show last night, where would you rank them in a points per game basis? I said, like, just throw out a ballpark number. I said, DeAndre Hopkins, like, why did she for 23? I said, Burks 25. Like, that's where I put them. I like, yeah. I put them right next to each other. I think this is going to be a 1A, 1B kind of offense. Like, I don't think this during is gonna be the AJ Brown, Corey Davis years, it was like AJ Brown was a top, I think it was his like okay. wide receiver six or seven in points per game. And then Corey Davis is like wide receiver 28. I think it'll be actually like shift closer that they meet in the middle somewhere. Yes. So I like that. Yeah. That is a good point that you make though, Mike, where especially in like a dynasty league, DeAndre Hopkins almost becomes like undraftable because he's not going to have like a huge, like a hugely long lifespan. His ADP is still a little too high and he goes to an offense that it's, it's kind of still a big question mark. Like I, I think we can all agree that we can pretty decently assume there's going to be a higher passing volume in the offense, but as a whole, I mean, that offense still is going to struggle with, one of the worst, if not the worst offensive line in the league. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Hopkins, like you said, you're off of a, a PED suspension and getting into his 30-year-old season, changing teams. It's, it's you know, it's something to, to definitely uh, keep in mind. And I think we can all agree that Traylon Burks is sort of the piece you want there if you're not, you know, already holding Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, I would want Burks. His ADP is way too low. He's going too low. I, I agree. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, the next sort of chunk here, which is just, you know, the uh, deadline, the franchise tag deadline to make a new deal uh, has passed officially. Evan Ingram, uh, out of the main sort of players here between uh, him and Josh Jacobs and Saquon and Tony Pollard, Evan Ingram's the only guy that gets a contract, a pretty nice contract, $24 fully guaranteed, three years with the Jaguars. Uh, That's that's nice to see uh, for a guy that, you know, I have him on a number of, uh, tied in premium league. So that's, that was good to see, uh, like him tied to that team, but Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley kind of like in the lurch with, you know, Tony Pollard seems like he's going to play on the tag. Jacobs and Barkley, not so sure. Um, Tony Pollard, I think he signed it already. He signed his franchise tag. Right. But, uh, yes. but, yeah. but Jacobs and Saquon have not. So what do you think that that is indicative of Hutchinson? Do you, I, I'm honestly, I'll say it right now. I don't think either of these guys can really, hold out in the during the NFL season. I don't think they're going to actually miss NFL games. That's just kind of my pet theory. I think it's too much money to be missed, but what what is your take on that? Yeah, no. I I'm in complete agreement with you. They ha- they have no leverage to hold out at this point. I mean, you look at it's recently spiked up a lot in the NFL community to talk about underpaying running backs. Like people just don't pay running backs anymore and it's I mean, I don't want to say it's unfair I don't want to say it's fair. I don't want to say it's unfair because running backs aren't a crazy valuable position in the NFL, but also it's, it sucks for, it's not nice to like not pay guys because man, they're getting beat up and they're not playing long. It sucks not be able to get paid. And that's just a whole different political conversation you can get into. There's so much you can get into there, which we don't have to here, but 
uh, to fantasy purposes, I think Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs will play week one and they're going to play on the franchise tag and that's it. But one thing I am concerned about is injuries. And the reason for that, they can hold out of training camps, of preseasons and practices. Remember, these three, these two guys have not played in any padded practices of any kind yet. Training camp is when that starts. If they're not taking hits, if they're not, you know, taking that beating a little bit in practices, they might not be 100% ready to do that in week one. They might, not saying they would be out of shape, they're NFL running backs, but they're not going to be 100% ready for those hits. And one of them might go wrong and they could get injured pretty quickly. So uh, the Jacobs and Saquon, if they do hold out through training camp, their injuries just gets a little bit of a bump to me. It's not going to significantly impact my rankings for them for redraft or for dynasty purposes, but it, it does make me a little bit worried to click that draft button. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the the conditioning concern there. Uh, that that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Especially uh, the running back position. You're taking so many yeah. hits, man. Because it's happening to a quarterback or a wide receiver. That's a different story. But a running back, you just get beat up. And I would never like if you're not ready for those hits, you're just you're going to get in trouble. You're in trouble, man. Yeah. And I would never say that this is, you know, going to be a thing. But if these guys aren't happy with their current situation and they do take a licking and maybe it's not bad enough to, you know, not be in a game, but maybe they say it is like that maybe is a little concerning, sort of uh, something like mind. Lamar did last season where he was like. Kind of hurt, yeah. but I mean, we don't know the full story, right? We he could have actually had that that injury that that kept him out, but you know, there was the buzz around whether or not it was real, and it's something that is in the back of my mind uh, with these guys. Mm-hmm. I'm still very high on both. Like, let me put that out there. I'm I'm with yeah, you. James is next to my number two running back this year for for now. Yeah, yeah, he he is a stud. If he plays week one, he will be a top five guy, easy in my mind. Um, I don't but, think you like that down there. <laughs> That yeah, no, I'm actually game. just just real quick. Uh, I'm actually like out on the Raiders as an entire organization right now uh, between Jimmy Garoppolo and his like maybe foot injury, maybe not. Devontae Adams is getting up there. Josh Jacobs. I'm already like I was out on him last year, so I kind of feel like beat up that he did as well as he did. I like take lock. I refuse to admit that he's good. Most people uh, are. But as the offense like struggles a little bit this year, uh, I could definitely see Jacobs taking a little bit of a hit or contract holdouts or like there's a multitude of ways it could go wrong. I can't put him at RB2. I'm I'm probably going to in my writing, like put him as like RB6, RB7, like put him somewhere high. But I just personally cannot draft him. But it would be irresponsible to not put him in top 10. See, I am in just in the exact opposite scenario as you, Mike. I was the biggest buyer of Josh Jacobs last year, and then he exploded, I and I won a bunch of leagues. So, like, I have to love him, right? I'm just like, I'm on that side of it now. I'm like, yes, he will play. Yes, he'll have a repeat performance. He'll be the RB one again, even though that's statistically improbable. Uh, but that's that's just where I make my bed. Uh, but Mike, I actually want to ask you, man. Uh, with all this talk though about you know whether or not they hold out is one thing, whether or not they get injured is another because of poor conditioning. Uh, but in terms of, yeah, if they do get injured or if they do hold out, the backups here, the the handcuffs, is there anyone that is interesting to you that you're taking? Uh, I know the ADP is probably shooting up now with all this news, but yeah, is, is there a flyer that you take here? Uh, Matt Breida is still the incumbent for the New York backup role. Whether or not he maintains it with Eric Gray coming to town is a different story. That's like a good thing to watch in training camp and figure out. But with dynasty rosters with deep benches, like take a flyer on both in case Barkley holds out. 
And then the coaching staff was like reveling in how good Zamir White was last season. Now this might be an opportunity for them to be like, look, we were right. Like he's actually good. So it's Zamir White in Las Vegas. It's Matt Breida until it's not in New York. And then we'll just see what happens in the preseason. No, uh, no Gary Brightwell love. <laughs> None. Absolutely zero. Yeah. I think honestly, when you look at the backup situation, I'm honestly not super excited for any of them because none of them are super prevalent players. Like we're not looking at Alexander Madison or AJ Dillon where we can depend on them if they go down. Like we just don't know what these players are. And there are free agents out there that are actually quite intriguing. I mean, if you look at Zeke Elliott, you look at Leonard Fournette, you look at Kareem Hunt. If one of these three, if Josh Jacobs or Saquon were to go down earlier this season and you still have some of these free agents out there, it's, I mean, it's one phone call and you can sign them for a cheap can, contract and that's it. Can it's you and all those imagine irrelevant? Just imagine Zeke in a Giants uniform, how mad that would make all of Texas. Oh, just brutal. Just the sheer pain. Oh, it'd be so bad. That's I all like I, I can to say hear that. the screams out there from, de- from <laughs> Texas fans. Uh, oh, God. God. You know the Cowboys fan base, man. They they get passionate. They get very passionate. I mean, so oh yeah, over here. But um, they get very very passionate. They get and they are they yeah. The Dallas fans would not be happy with Zeke and a Giants. As an Eagles fan, (laughs) I'm sure you know very well. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And even I mean, I don't know. You know, we don't know about Dalvin Cook's situation whether he gets sent or not. But Mm -hmm. you know, the thing is, he is not looking for a cheap contract. He's someone that's been uh, reportedly wanting a high uh, a high salary contract. And I don't think he's going to get it. If he's still, you know, early in the season, not signed by a team, which I think is unlikely, but possible. And a guy goes down and he has a big opportunity to take a role. I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if he took that either. So honestly, when it looks at the backups, I'm actually not too excited about any of them because I think if one of them, one of the big two guys go down, you're they're going to be looking at a uh, veteran to bring in. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's it's important to remember those guys are are still out there unsigned. Uh, any yeah. one of those guys going there as the uh, as the fill in for Jacobs or Barkley would pretty much tank any handcuff that they currently have on their roster. So that I mean, is yeah, be that probably is a good point. Like you, I mean, it'd probably be a committee. Like you would maybe one of those backups mm-hmm. could be in, a, in for a committee. But in those offenses, in those offenses with the question of talent between those players, I I'm, I just they're not going to be very great. So. Yeah, it's, not that that they makes... would, it's not that they would be involved, but they may get some touches, but there's just like no reason to be. It just tanks the value as a whole because then the it becomes this yeah. weird committee. Yeah. yeah it just ruins Okay. Them. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't have anything else really to talk about in terms of like news and, and big topics here. We can move to the sleeper draft. If you guys are ready to go. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's send right, it. Well, I uh, I have the order open right now because I wanted to give Hutchinson the first pick here of where you're going to draft. Do you want the first, second, or third pick in this snake draft? Uh, uh, is there like I'm trying to think of my players that I have in my. Is there a player that like I'm trying to look at the list of players I wrote down. Is there a player where I'm like, yes, I want that player because if it if I do, I would want the one one. I don't guys. think. I, I don't think there is. No, I'll you know I'll take the third pick. I'll take the turn. I'll okay. let you guys go first. I'll take the turn. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Mike. Well. I'll let you choose next. Uh, 
I will go second to give you the first overall, and because I want to be in between you guys. Um, and then Corey, do you want to? Do you just want to read through the rules real quick to everybody, like where we got our ADPs yes. and where it all comes yeah, from? Definitely. Uh, so if you are a, a avid listener of the RPG podcast, you'll remember that we did this last year with Eric and I yell it and I. We uh, we did this sleeper showdown where it was the uh, out of the top 100. ADP. Uh, now we are doing out of the top 180. So past 180, that's what we're drafting from. We're doing a snake draft. Uh, we're getting our ADPs from Fantasy Pros, uh, their PPR overall rankings, and we are going to go through a six-round draft where we're going to take a QB, two RBs, two wide receivers, and one tight end. And I guess I'm on the clock? Mm-hmm. Go for oh, it. It's boy. all yours. Enjoy it. You know, it's again, yeah, it's it's really tough because we we're talking a little bit before about this and just how slim that stud Chris McCaffrey find him. Yeah, <laughs> that, find yeah, him. yeah get that guy. Get that guy uh, you, yeah. I feel so like obvious. you do want to take like a like an upside RB guy just like right off the bat here because there's just not many of them. And this uh, this is tough, but. I'm going to kind of pull the trigger here. It's going to seem a little silly, but when you look at these guys, man, that are on this list, I just, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to go Malik Davis. Oh, come on. I love that pick. Oh, Straight come on. Heat. That was easily Straight my number heat. one running back. That is, that is, I actually have him bolded and highlighted on my notes. That is disappointing. I am so glad wow. to hear you guys say that Damn. because I it felt like so such much. a reach uh, based on where yep. he is on this list. Not, oh, but he wouldn't have made it back. He wouldn't have made it back to No way. Tony Pollard um, uh, recovering from what he's recovering from. Uh, I mean, the Cowboys have shown that they like to implement two RBs anyway. So if Tony Pollard is slow to come on, Malik Davis is in my opinion, the guy. Uh, so I'm I'm happy to take him with the first selection here. I want to just go ahead and shore up a position, make sure that I get the number one guy in a category that I think number one guys are already hard to find. So I'm going to go with tight end Gerald Everett. Okay. Kind of. Because I think that the system in Los Angeles is going to go to what was in Dallas, where they're going to force feed a tight end and two receivers and Gerald Everett's going to be the recipient of a lot of Justin Herbert touchdowns. So uh, it's not often you can find a tight end with tight end one, not over like not the one, but like top 12 potential outside the top 180. So I'm going Gerald Everett. Very interesting pick. That is not what I expected, but no. I like the logic. It, it does make sense. So uh, no, I'm yeah, on the clock. Yep. Yeah, I'm on the clock here. And I mean, there's a couple ways I could there's a couple ways I could go. There is a running back, a rookie this year that I think is really interesting. I think with the running back ambiguity on his team, I think he's a very uh oh. Oh, uh, he's already panicking. So I mean, I think I should take that player. Um, there's a lot of ambiguity on this team. I think this guy has a really opportunity to step, even though he's a late run running back. I'm gonna take Dwayne McBride. That was my second running back that was highlighted and bolded. I'm gonna take Dwayne McBride. Yeah, I mean I th- Outside of him, there's really nobody I could think of wanting. Uh, so I'm gonna take Dwayne McBride, and I'm gonna love it because you hate it, <laughs> and it's great. We're never we're doing run, this episode we're, again. We're one round in, and Mike is tilting off the face of the earth right now. Uh, when you said Malik you Davis, well. that was so frustrating because, like, that was my guy. That's I really love Malik Davis for this year. I think he's fantastic uh, for this uh, season. 
I love that. Makes that. me feel so good. And then Hutch, you're welcome any week that we're not mock drafting. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, I I don't know how much I don't know how much you guys would look quarterback early. I'm actually going to take a quarterback who I think has a lot of potential to be like a really good uh, player in fantasy. I mean, he has an elite young offensive core around him, one of the best offensive lines, if not oh, the best no. offensive line in football. He's a running quarterback. He's a second year yep. guy who. In his yep. four game started has 65% completion percentage. Yeah. Here it comes. I mean, I mean, I think this is, I mean, I'm not like, oh, praise Desmond Ritter and he's going to go to the moon. And I, I genuinely think he will be replaced next year. I think that's a very realistic outcome. But he's a, I mean, he's a running quarterback. In his college career, he was on pace to run for over 740 yards in a 17 game pace. That's his college career. If you take every game he played in college, that 17 game pace. 748 yards not projecting that for him this year that's a ridiculous rushing pace but he can run the ball he's a great offensive line he's got Bijan to hand it off to and thump it off to got Kyle Pitts you got Drake London how could he really like I mean it's you know he could obviously fail but like with that weaponry it's so hard to be like a complete face plant I feel like he's going to be go and uh scratch off my QB1 off my list yeah that's very cool was he both Uh, a QB1 yeah, he was mine. At least. Ah. I don't know about Mike. I like it. Corey, so you pick next. It. So yeah, I'll take after it. me. Yeah, after um, you. Yes. Okay. Uh, what's uh, Geno Smith's ADP? Does anybody have that real quick? No, he's not one eight. No way. There's Is, no did, way. No, 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 no. no way. I'm looking at the list. Uh, what one fourteen, no my friend? Yeah, there's one fourteen. No okay. Now you're and looking at like he's Mac way Jones too high. I'm gonna have to go back. And- you're looking at guys. You don't think that Geno Smith range. would have been my number one pick as a Seahawks? Yeah, fan. you that, don't think I, I would have picked Geno Smith over Desmond. I just wanted to double check and make sure. There's no chance because uh, I see the Seahawks background that you have every week. Yeah. Uh, but I am going to roll with Isaiah Hodgins, the wide receiver. Oh, for the okay, okay, I like it. He got like added it. off the practice squad halfway through the season and was on pace to be the wide receiver 41 in points per game. I know that that's not like super sexy but when you talk about outside the top 180 a path to growth a like reasonable talent level i think isaiah hodgins has the talent to stick around the nfl for a while and i'm all in on the giants because danny dimes is underrated so give me hodgins I like yeah that's that. your like dynasty qb1 right danny dimes <laughs> oh of, of course it goes yeah. danny dimes uh geno smith <laughs> I appreciate that. And then okay. Sam Howell. Uh, that's that's a solid pick. I do like Isaiah Hodgins. I do think that he is uh he showed he he flashed a, a fair bit there Guys, towards the, the end. The on this list are so bad. I they are incredibly bad. So bad. Yeah. Um <laughs> I'm actually going to I Ooh, I kind of feel like doubling up here. Um but I just don't think I can with what's available. I'm going to lock in my QB. He's my QB two here out of this list. I think he'll obviously get his shot. Uh, the talent around him, not great. I understand that, but I think he still could elevate the offense if he can show to be who he was, where I, I had him as my QB one before the draft. Um, and I, I'm going to take CJ Stroud as oh, my QB one. He's outside the top 180. He is 190. Wow, I not I would not I would not expect that. That's I'm gonna go ahead and lock in. Stroud. Yeah, just because it's it's set to one quarterback right now. So with yeah, that, he got pushed pretty far down. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a I, – I, I didn't think he was there. I mean, if it was him between him and Ritter, that's tough. For that's me. still tough. That's tough. Yeah, that's, that's still tough because it's like the opposite situation, right? Because C.J. Stroud is it's probably the, the better opposite. QB, yeah, but no talent opposite. around him. <laughs> and rookie quarterbacks tend not to good – I think I'd take Ritter, but, man, that's really close. I didn't know C.J. Stroud was there. That's interesting. Yeah, That was I a differential for there. me as well. That was the differential. That's why I won Ritter number one. Uh, but I'll take Stroud, and I'll be content with it, I suppose. It right. feels weird taking QB this early, but I'll, I'll roll with it. <laughs> um, and then I think I'm going to take just a sort of just a sort of combat mic here a little bit. I'll take my favorite wide receiver off the Giants, and I'll take Wondell Robinson. Okay. Uh, I know, obviously, he's coming off of that uh, ACL tear. Not great. Uh, I just think it happened early enough, and I still believe in his talent enough that – comparatively with all the other wide receivers there. I think that he is easily the most talented wide receiver on the team. Uh, he'll take the majority of the targets, uh, probably a battle between him and uh, Waller, but I, I'm going to take him as my wide receiver one here in the draft. I can see it. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm worried I'm he might not come back right off the ACL. That's the only thing, but I mean, you're taking yeah. a dart throw. You're taking a dart throw at this point. I think it's worth. I'm taking the dart throw. I'm, I'm believing the talent. Uh, we'll we'll see how it works out. We will calculate the season finishes for all these guys, and I will let you know who wins after the season's over. Oh, that's epic! Yeah, Dude, yeah. Wait, that'd be awesome. Uh, I'm gonna go back to, Mike, to the to the wide receiver well and just make sure that I shore up a position that I don't feel great about. Uh, with the news that has passed that. Oh no! One contract, one contract got given out in New England to a really good wide receiver, at least for this season. And by really good wide receiver, I mean Devonte Parker. Oh, I'm just gonna go ahead and take okay. the old guy. There's a chance he's the wide receiver one in New England. This team actually has an offensive coordinator this season. Like, he's not sexy. He's not gonna, you know, put seats, put put people in the seats. But not. when you're just looking at somebody that could possibly score points, like. I think he had a 30-point game last season. I think he still has that in his range of outcomes that outside the top 180, you're looking at names like MVS, Rashid Shahid, Greg Dorch. Like, give me the guy that has put together a top 12 season already and might be able to do it again. Juju just does scream perennial wide receiver too, right? Like, Juju just doesn't feel like he can be a wide receiver one. I'm, it just I'm a Steelers fan. Right. And Juju with he, that knee injury is already lingering. I know yeah. there's no interest yeah. in Juju for me. He's just incapable of being the guy. He's a guy, and I love him, and his TikToks are funny. But outside of that, it's Parker. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, take it to uh, Hutchinson on the turn here. So I got, yeah, I got two picks. So I think, you know, I think I'm going to be, yeah, I think I'm going to go for a wide receiver here, somebody who has been successful in the past. Uh, the last couple of years, he's been dealing with a brutal knee injury. But I think this year in a really good offense, he'll be able to bounce back. I'm going to take Michael Gallup. Oh, okay. Ooh, that's a really good pick. Actually. I'm going to take Michael Gallup here. He's close. He's, he's he's on the fringe. I think he's in the 180s range. But, I mean, yeah. don't forget that the last, uh, in 2019, 2020, this dude had over 1,950 receiving yards in those two seasons combined. And then the next yep. year, he had the ACL tear. And the next year after that, he was kind of dealing with it, not really fully healthy. Did flash at some points, not fully healthy. Yeah. The wide receiver two role in this offense is very open. They got rid of Dalton Schultz, but added, you know, a veteran off a down season and Brandon Cooks. The wide receiver two role here is very, very open for Dallas outside of CeeDee Lamb. If Michael Gallup can get back there this year, he's in the, like the prime of his career. He's 27 years old, two years off that ACL. 
I'm very excited for Gallup this year. I really like him as a sleeper, so I'll I'll take him as my first yeah. uh, wide receiver. Hutch, not to uh, not to put you on the spot, but if you had a dynasty team, you're looking to compete this year, and like you're just looking for a sneaky bench ad. What would you be willing to trade for Michael Gallup? Like, would you do a two for Gallup and a three? Would you just send just a straight up two? Like, how high are you willing to pay to try and get Gallup on your roster? The thing is, for me, when you say like I want to do a little bit less than a two, and they say, "Oh, why don't you get a third back?" Thirds are worth nothing to me. Yeah, there's worth nothing to me. They never pan out to be anything. Third round picks are just nothing. Like they're worth nothing to me. So I think if I'm like really a contender, like, okay, this team is going to be like amazing. I'd be willing to give up that late second. And if I get a third back, cool. I mean, I don't really care. It's not worth much. It's a dart throw, but a second, like if it's, it's, if it's a very late second, like I'm, I know this is gonna be a late second. I'd be okay. Giving that up. So you're, Uh, you're pretty confident on Gallup then. I am pretty confident in Gallup, but I would, I would, would like, because always when you trade in Dynasty, always two things I always follow by, always start for a little bit lower than you're willing to give, obviously, yep. and always try to extract more value if you think you've reached a deal. Always try to extract more value. Those are two things I follow by in Dynasty when looking at trading. So I would offer a third. Mm-hmm. I would offer a third to start the conversation and see if that owner bites on it. I've actually gotten someone to bite on it, a third. Um, and I don't know how, but they did. Uh, someone was really high on rookie picks. Uh, it was a 2023 third right before the rookie draft, which probably made it more interesting for them. So yeah. uh, if you are if you can get a third or two thirds for Michael Gallup, that sounds like a smash deal to me, but I'd be willing to pay that late second if you have to. All right, I'm going to go send that in every league that I'm in. Corey, stand by. Man, I, I got to say, between your love of uh, Michael Gallup and your belief in Traylon Burks, you're really speaking to me. Because I am, I am big on both of those guys, so I really appreciate yep. that. Yep. Love it, love it. Uh, Gallup was somehow he just snuck by me. I think oh, I would have probably taken. Again, right? You, yeah, you actually, I am on the clock again. I forgot, yeah. man. I'm on the clock. Um, we, we went to town with uh, Michael Gallup talk. It's easy to do. He's a. I think he'll we still did, be stunned. Yeah. Um. You know, here's the thing. I I'm gonna take a running back here. I'm gonna take a running back. This is a player that we all we all have hated forever in fantasy. But well, not forever for like the past like three four years. But uh, when I look at the running back board, there's just nobody left that I think could be relevant. I think this player could actually be relevant again. There's a running back on their team that is currently dealing with a big injury, was just placed in the pup recently. And usually with off season injuries, with surprise off season injuries like this, it's a really bad idea to bet on them. Uh, like sometimes you just know they're going to be on the pup, like J.K. Dobbins, like Kendrick Miller. You got you knew these guys were going to be on the pup. This guy though, you did not really expect him to be on the pup. I'm talking about Isaiah Pacheco who was on the pup, I'm actually going to take Clarence Hilaire, who, mm. I mean, with Jer- Jared McKinnon is not a guy to take a workhorse role. We don't even know if he's going to be relevant in the offense this year. CEH in his rookie year in his first few games was actually a really good fantasy running back. He was taking some volume and being a good fantasy piece. I think if Isaiah Pacheco is hurt and missing games, CEH could get some touches. So uh, it's very, very, I mean, you know, you usually don't see year four running backs go like this. You usually don't see this happen, but I think CEH is a, is a dark throw that's worth being made, especially with the running backs on the board. They're just oh, like, yeah. Just hey, real he's quick. He's a Kansas City Chief, right? Like, he is a Chief yeah. this late. Chiefs off. To, to start the season last year, he was the RB6 week one. Uh, Sleeper doesn't give me the score, but he had 18 fantasy points week two. Then he was the RB13. Then he was the RB9. And then he came back to being Clyde edwards Hilaire and not just being the Chiefs offense. So, uh if he can do that again to start the season, like might as well. And on a low snap count, there's always a touchdown opportunity. So yeah, great pick. Thank uh, you. I, I feel when you talk good. about, so 
I've already filled out my tight end. I've already filled out both of my wide receivers. Do I still need two running backs and a quarterback? Yeah, that is correct. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, There is still a running back who is very relevant with a injury prone starter who just hit 28. They just traded away their superstar wide receiver and their quarterback is injured. So they're going to be heavily reliant on the run game, which means that if James Conner goes down, Keontae Ingram is a great pick in dynasty and redraft. So put me for Keontae Ingram. Love that pick. I loved him coming out. I think that he was a sneaky taxi ad. Uh, he didn't get a chance to show it, but when he's on the field, he looks relevant and we'll see how it goes. I actually just pulled a numbered Keontae Ingram rookie card in a pack. I, I opened football packs and I got one. I'm like, oh, this is kind of, but maybe. Like I kind of had that reaction to yeah. it. I was like, eh, it's a little, but oh, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm a it's little like bit the, in on. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's like the girl drinking kombucha. You're like, mm, mm, do I like it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think that's a very solid pick because Jane Connor does go down. I mean, obviously, Keontae Ingram could have some opportunity, but I'm honestly like, I mean, since James Conner joined Arizona, he's hasn't dealt with that much injury. I mean, and uh, I mean, he's been able to handle the workload decently well. So I'm actually pretty in on James Conner this year. So to hear your Conner Ingram pick makes you like, I don't know about it, but if he does go down, that's a lot of opportunity available. I just said you say all my like, favorite things. You say what? all the best so, things to me. This I love this that. is the James Conner pod. Yeah. Like we we love James Conner. Yeah, I love James Big, because I love James Conner. Yeah, I love James. Yeah, Conner. no, but I I like. Because I love him, I also have to love Keontae because it's like I, if the workload is there, if he goes down, there's a situation. Yeah, yeah, because there's just it's there's so much touches available here, so many touches. Okay, all right, yeah, I I like it. I like that pick a lot. That was not a guy again, not a guy on my radar, but I I definitely appreciate the context. Makes sense to me. Uh, this is where it gets really tough. I need to fill. Hey, what out. do you need? I need to fill out. I need an RB. I need a wide receiver and I need a tight end. And I'm taking two picks here. And I think with my first pick, um, I think with my first pick, I'm going to lock in the pick that I I know I'm going to do anyway. And it seems pretty gross, Um, but I'm going to take the stack and I'm going to get CJ Stroud's number one wide receiver and Robert Woods. I'm just going to hope and dart throw and hope that he can return. I mean, he's not that old. He's only 30. I know he had an injury. I just threw up in my mouth. I hear you. I hear you. There but still, when you look at the rest of the... There are four receiving options on that team I'd rather have than Robert Woods. I just, I just don't know. <laughs> there are four. I don't know. Personally. I hear you, who, but... Uh, who are the four? It's Dalton Schultz, John Mechie, Nico Collins, and Tank Dell. And John Mechie is, on the, is available. Yeah. He is. Uh, you really I just, have I Robert wanna, Woods and John Mechie? I'm going to believe in the vet. Oh I'm going to believe God. in the guy that has shown no. me it before. I love Bobby Trees, but he Corey. Is done, He's done, though. He wasn't like, I, he was on the Titans last year, but was he? <laughs> like, when well, we talk about, I was just making fun of DeAndre Hopkins for being over 30 and changing teams. And now we have Bobby Trees over 30 changing teams look, with I, a rookie quarterback coming off I a torn ACL. Totally, totally it's the bingo it. card. They, they gave him a two-year, $15 million contract. That's so stupid. He's, he's going to be used. I do not understand that contract. And they gave him he's like, going to be used. If he sucks, he sucks. But they gave him enough money which where I'm like, he's going to be used. And yeah. if I'm a believer in CJ Stroud, I kind of have to believe in some of the receiving game there. I'm but hey, everybody. 
Google fantasy football impact of rookie quarterbacks. My article is the first one that pops up. Just give it a read. And then don't draft any Texans, Panthers, any rookie quarterback, Colts. Yeah, dude. I saw a um, – there was a study done by J.J. Zacharyson recently. Um, I, I listened to one of his shows. He's amazing analyst. Love J.J. Um, but since 2011, he's looked at every first-round rookie quarterback to start the majority of games for the season. Every first-round rookie quarterback. Only 30% of them provided a top 36 fantasy wide receiver. 36%. Yep. I did the same thing and I broke it down. I'm sorry, 30%. Like, 30% flat I, 36. I even broke it down as like averages and like seeing like what they were before and then seeing what they were after. And you drop almost like a hundred fantasy points. Yeah, it's insane. Like, yeah, it's insane. Well, when uh, Robert Woods is a top 36 wide receiver, I will be laughing to, at the bank and uh, you guys will be crying with tears in your eyes uh, about how I crushed this draft. Uh, so you on. took Bobby Trees? I am taking Bobby Trees. I'm sticking with it. I feel like I could have pivoted because I had a second option in Terrace Marshall and you guys really dogged me on the Bobby Trees pick, but I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm going to go with Bobby Trees here. I and then for, for tight end, I am going to lock in a guy. I'm going to kind of go the opposite of Mike where this guy is not the tight end one on his team, but if the tight end one on his team goes down, he will be a oh, top no. 10 tight end. No, in my no, opinion, no, I'm going to go Isaiah likely. Oh, okay. Will will he be, or is he just likely to be? Strongly, very likely, <laughs> very likely. I mean, the one game there was one game where Kendrick went down. He was pretty good, right? Yeah, that's kind oh, of what I'm extrapolating that. from. He like he, he's got yards. skills. So, no, and then uh, when you look at, I I did a little like peek at what twelve personnel and how often it was run and how often people were passing out of it for successful passing plays the number one team that was running out of 12 personnel, which is one wide receiver, two tight ends is the Baltimore Ravens. Number two was the Kansas city chiefs. So the number two tight end, I feel like that's like a handcuff that people don't talk about. It's probably Noah gray. But when you look in Baltimore, like Isaiah likely and Mark Andrews can both be relevant, but we'll see. I mean, you see more volume coming for this Lamar Jackson offense this year. The Ravens, obviously, they brought in a lot of new offensive coordinators, a lot of new coaches that have a very pass-heavy history, and all the hype for the Ravens this year, all the talk has been, we're going to pass more, this team's going to pass more. And it's not just been like coaches and beat reporters, players in interviews are saying, oh, yeah, we're passing more this year, we're going to be a pass-heavy offense this year. And if that's truly what happens, you could see some some relevance for the second-year tight end, which would be, be, be nice to see that. Well, look at sure. look at what Todd Munkin did on Georgia. I mean, they had that tight end Washington monster room. Was, yeah, they had Washington three hours. three of the top ten tight ends in the country, which is yeah. just ridiculous. So yeah. he knows how to get the tight ends involved, and so even if Andrews doesn't go down, I could see some I could see some value from Likely this season because For of sure. that. Uh, okay, Mike, yeah, Mike you, got, yeah. you got another pick here. All I need left is a running back and a quarterback, and you guys both have quarterbacks which just a note to listeners out there, look at who is around you and what they need. Hutch, do you have a running back yet? I have two. But okay. Yep. Well, I'm I guess good. it doesn't matter either way then for me. I need a wide receiver and a tight end. All right. Well, I, I guess we need perfectly one matched running up. back, Mike. So yeah, don't take need, my guy. You want to take a running back here, Mike. Well, do I mean, take my guy. I only can take a running back or a quarterback. So I'm going to take, uh, this is somebody that I think the, they are the handcuff to the guy. That could also be the number one running back. I know it's vague. I really love Nick Chubb this year. I think that he is electric in a very run-first offense. 
his handcuff for some reason is just getting absolutely ignored. He's going outside. If I have my numbers correct, like outside the top 200, which is kind of like disrespectful to the guy. Cause there's Kareem hunt, like blow over news, but Jerome Ford, he was a fourth round rookie. The team loves him. They love to work him in. I think that he is the handcuff unless they bring in somebody else, which they haven't done yet. And with Deshaun Watson's contract, they're already out of money. The Browns will be the Browns, but they're going to give the touches to Jerome Ford if Chubb goes away. So Jerome Ford. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, because the thing is, if they would not have believed in Jerome Ford at all, they probably would have brought in a veteran by now. They probably would have brought in somebody by now. Yeah. But uh, I, I think, yeah, I think what you're saying is with Jerome Ford, I think it needs, it does need an injury, though. I, I think Nick Chubb is truly going to take over that three-down role and be – like, I think after this year, we could see Nick Chubb as the best running back in football. I personally already do. I think he's the best running back in football yep. right now. But I think after this year, it could be consensus. Like, yep. he's going to have a three-down role this year. I think he's going to get pass-catching work. And I'm very excited to see what he can do this year in this uh, offense. But, yes, if he does go down, which he has done a couple times the past few years, mm-hmm. Jerome Ford is really interesting piece. So, I like that. And I, I think it's been, like, a 55-45 split with, like, him and Kareem Hunt. Like, he gets all of the rushing, and then Kareem Hunt gets all the passing. I think it's going to be more, like, 75-25. So, like, Ford could have some spike weeks where he accidentally stumbles into a touchdown. But otherwise, it's it's purely a handcuff, purely a backup. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, yep. So I'm on the clock with two now, right? Yes, sir. Your last two picks here. Wide receiver and tight end. So, what do you what do you need? You need running back, right? I need one running back. Yes. Yes. It doesn't matter what I take. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to take the wide receiver first. And I know I've been talking about rookie quarterbacks and outliers, but I think actually, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Give me a second. No, no, no. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. There's another one. I'm sorry. I'm tilting on the clock right now. (laughs) Yes. There's actually another wide receiver that I think is a little bit more valuable here. I'm just going to go ahead and grab him. I think this could be, I'm sorry, these names slipped my mind for a second. I think this guy could be the number two in his offense. I know we're concerned about the quarterback. I know we're concerned about the offense as a whole, but somebody's got to catch, catch passes outside of Cooper Cup. And Tyler Higby could be that guy. And Tyler Higby's interesting to me. Mm. I like his ADP. I like him in ADP, but Van Jefferson as well. Van Jefferson's flashed a bunch in his first couple of years in the league. And I think uh, he has a prime opportunity here to be the number two wide receiver. And I feel like people forget last year, Matthew Stafford, before his injury, was on pace for over 4,000 yards. This dude was on pace to be a really have a lot of volume. And if Van Jefferson is, you know, established himself in number two, like, absolutely. There is, there's a lot of upside there. So I'll take Van Jefferson here. Just, and then just a real quick, I would love to spread some propaganda real quick. Ben Skowronek actually took more snaps than Van Jefferson last year. I know there was like some injury history. They were going back and forth between it, but when they were both healthy and both capable of playing, Ben was actually getting a bigger snap count. So just like something to note, there were like memes going out about Matt Stafford only passing to certain shades of wide receivers. Like Ben fit that he was getting targets. He had some spike weeks. So maybe Ben scour next to the guy, but the number two in Los Angeles is a great pick. And if you landed it with Van, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Ben Ben's growing is interesting. I just I think the talent in Van Jefferson, I believe in the talent in Van Jefferson a little bit more personally, but he's a little you know, more embedded in that offense too. He's been there a little longer. I yeah, I would agree. So then my last pick here is a tight end. Uh I think this guy has, I mean, I think he's set up to be the number one tight end on his team this year. 
I think people forget in college, this dude put up over 1,100 yards in a season, which is pretty much unheard of at the tight end position. You guys know what I'm talking about? I wonder if you guys know. You guys don't know. Mm, uh, he's a second year. He's a second year oh, tight end who put up 1,100 yards in college. I do know. I do know. Second year tight end. Second I know exactly McBride. who you're talking about. Trey McBride yep. of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I know there's a lot of quarterback concerns and there's volume questions here, but outside of Marquise Brown, there is no dependable receiving option in this offense. If Trey McBride, who we know is a great athlete, who's been productive in college, I mean, like 1,100 yards. Cal Pitts didn't do that. Brock Bowers hasn't done that yet. Like 1,100 yards is unheard of at the tight end position in college. That is an unreal number. This dude can really put up numbers. And if he's the number two receiving option in this yep. Cardinals offense, he's going to be very relevant for fantasy. So I'm going to take Trey McBride here. I have him, like, in redraft rankings, like, I would put him in, like, near the top 12. Like, he's a guy I'm really, really high on. I don't know why he's buried so low. Like, so low for a second-year tight end to put up those numbers in college. He did flash a little bit as a rookie, not much. Specifically, at one game against the Atlanta Falcons. And I watched every target he had. He looked really good in that game. Ran some really nice routes. Uh, I'll take Trey McBride here as my tight end. So wrapping up my team with Van Jefferson as my second wide receiver and Trey McBride as my tight end. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it is a lot of what you say with it. It's just a Cardinals question. Uh, I also, I like Trey McBride. I have him on a lot of teams where we play two tight ends. Uh, he's my like second oh. tight end darling. You could get him so cheap yes. after like- I got him Scott Fishbowl like, this year. Oh, he didn't explode in his rookie season? Oh, he's garbage. It's like, guys- usually not how it works not everyone's a kyle pitts <laughs> you got to kind of give yeah, these time yeah. uh, give these guys a little bit of time uh to to pop off and yeah trey mcbride is set up to i mean do are we really worried about 38 year old zach Ertz coming back from a destroyed knee i i don't oh. think so oh and it uh, it wasn't just a little acl tear it was an acl mcl and i think the meniscus like his all was, no his knee was destroyed guys like yeah. he is and He's going to play, is, but he's essentially a retired at this point. But, like, is he going to play? Like, his wife's a beautiful soccer player that they, like, have a beautiful family and they can just, like, live their life and go off in the distance. Like, if I were him, I'd be like, ah, oh, knee still kind of hurts. I don't want to get hit anymore and just, like, rake in the money. Good. So. Yeah, absolutely good. Yep. Okay. No, great, uh, well, that, that great, great. yeah, brings it to Mike. Last pick, buddy. QB. Well, I need a signal caller for this just absolutely loaded offense. And, uh. I can't think of a better one than a former number one overall pick who has some of the best weapons in the league who No, you're not. Oh, I'm doing it. He no, has you're not. finishes as the quarterback 16, he has finishes as a quarterback 18, finishes as a quarterback 18. <laughs> the only reason that he's not still in Cleveland is because they made a terrible trade. So I'm taking Baker Mayfield. Oh. And I know this is this is supposed to be the Kyle Trask podcast. Oh. <laughs> and I know that makes it even worse, but oh. uh, look, I he's still he's Brutal. only 28 years old. He no. has like the arm talent. I I distinctly remember him getting off of a plane, memorizing a playbook, and winning a game for the Los Angeles Rams all in a 48-hour span. Somebody capable of doing that, and, like winning the hearts and minds of his locker room, has like he's won me over. I don't care what happens. I want to root for him in every aspect possible. So I'm in on Baker. This is either going to look really good or really bad in a year. Not there's no way it's in between. That yeah. is that is a pick that you made. You you picked. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, <laughs> that I would have taken Mac Jones. Personally. I mean, I, I, don't I almost took Bailey Zappi to be honest. 
Gotta be honest, I don't even know if I take Mac Jones over him like that. Not I almost Baker, took Bailey Zappi. Oh. Oh, Bailey Zappi. That's even worse. Guess, guess who had the least amount of turnover plays, minimum 50 attempts Uh-oh. last year? Uh-oh. Bailey Zappi. When you send – oh, yeah. You played for like two games. <laughs> minimum 50 attempts. Games. I said what I said. The attempts. He's got it, man. Yeah, dude. And it was on a percentage base. It wasn't like – a player, a player I might have taken over Baker Mayfield, though. There's one player. I mean, like, actually, like, when looking at the names, it's not horrible. But one name I would take, I think that with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, Ryan Tannehill is a really interesting option. He Right now, he's ranked yeah. at seven on Fantasy Pros, which yep. is outside the top 180, uh, if, my ma- yep. if I can do math. Um, that checks out. That math checks yep. out there. So, and I, I think he's going to start the full season this year because when you look at the amount of money that they're – because I know they drafted second-round mm-hmm. pick Will Levis, and everyone's concerned of when yep. he's going to get benched. Ryan Hill is the biggest cap in football this year. Like his contract yeah. situation is horrible for this year. He has the biggest contract. He's the biggest cap in, and they have an out on him next year. I feel like it'd be the smart. And look, this Titans team is not great, but they are okay. Their defense is pretty good. Mike Variable's an amazing coach, but who gets the most out of his players. And they have a really solid offense, bad offensive line, but Chico Conquo, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks. I think this team's going to be okay enough to the point where they can get to seven-ish wins, and that would be enough for Ryan Tannehill, along with the cap hit and the money money he's being paid, to stay on the field. I don't think Will Levis will touch the field this year, to be quite honest. I uh, Outside of a Ryan Tannehill injury. That's the only way. Yeah. I was going to say, I have three points. The first was injury. Yes, the injury. second His ankles was... His ankles are glass. Yeah, it's hilarious. Not, I mean, like, I'm rooting for the guy. But uh, okay. the second is that I made this list before the D-Hop news broke. And the third is, so this is just like a list of their start to the season. They're going to play the Saints week one, which yeah, which like Saints is like medium. Then they play the Chargers, the Browns, the Bengals. Then they get the Colts with a rich after a month. Like maybe he's figured it out. Maybe he hasn't. Then they get the Ravens, Falcons, iffy, Steelers, Bucks. Maybe like there's a situation where this team could be like, two and seven come into their buy. Like it's true. Yeah. There is a very real chance of their, their schedule is brutal. That's the only problem. So brutal schedule. These are losing games. Like if they really like legit lose games, yep. They might, they might pull the trigger and start with Levis at that point. My, my take on Ryan Tannehill will be screwed. God forbid you put Ryan Tannehill in there. He gets pulled at halftime. Now you get three points from your super flex spot. Like hard pass. Give me Baker. Cause I know that's job security. That's a joke for legal reasons, but yeah, there's no job security there. Yeah, I know that's a mess. <laughs> Absolutely, it's the, mo- there the is most mid quarterback competition that year. This year, they actually they started calling random retired quarterbacks to see if anyone wanted to come out. If Philip Rivers has doesn't have a, an eleventh kid on the way, he would have played. I even saw a report saying the Bucks were interested in Carson Wentz. I don't know if that was. Oh, yeah, man. He's down there, guys. He's down there who, in Florida throwing balls. Who wins the quarterback? Uh, we, Corey, we talked about this on a podcast already, but like who wins <laughs> that? Hutch, who wins that quarterback competition between <laughs> Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, and Kyle Trask? I think it would be Carson Wentz. Is how much they hate Are we him. sure? Uh, I think it would be, man. I yeah. Think it would be. Oh, I man. Mean, Carson Wentz. I mean, beat probably... up. I think, like, honestly, though, he beat yeah. up Taylor Heineke, and I honestly think Taylor Heineke might beat Baker Mayfield. I think Taylor so, Heineke. Might win that job. So we're more confident in Desmond Ritter than we are in Baker Mayfield. That's the world we are in today. Oh yeah, I'm, God, I'm, I'm there confident. for sure. 
Things changed fast. fast. Wasn't Baker like a top top twelve startup pick in Superflex yeah. leagues and dynasty? Yeah, this, like dude, this dude was everything. Four years ago. This dude was everything yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. This was like before. Anyway. I mean, when when was he drafted? He was drafted twenty eighteen. Twenty either seventeen or eighteen. This was like before I eighteen even playing fantasy. Twenty eighteen. Oh god, when you say that, I feel old. That was uh, right I started playing fantasy. The time I started playing. Dynasty. My first ever draft pick was Christian McCaffrey. In 2019, when he had that season, so that was my first ever experience with fans. Well, that's why he got into the business. I would be super <laughs> excited about it too. My yeah, first I won, ever, I got 13 like, one championship season that year, and just a random league that I joined with a bunch of like random people. Yeah, it was instant success. That was <laughs> my is, first league. You're like, oh, this fantasy stuff is easy. I'll just yeah, do I was this. Like, it's so easy. How does that? I mean, how does everybody lose at leagues? Like, what? just pick the good players. I don't get the deal. Yeah, I don't get it. Just pick the good players. What are you guys so easy doing? Corey, do you uh, still have a pick to make? I, got so I do. I really appreciated all the time you guys like gave me to sort of delay. Oh, yeah, my sure. We did. We, we gave him too much time. Dang no, that's it. awesome. We it, it's, nah. it's not going to make it any better, guys. We're looking at the RBs here that are left on this list. It started out bad. Now it's <laughs> even worse with all the RBs that have come just, off of the draft. Yeah. <laughs> I really just have to kind of throw a literal dart at a wall-sized dartboard because this is just all gross. I mean, am I going to take a Cordell Patterson who's 39 years old and has Bijan in front of him and Tyler Algier too? Uh, am I going to take Zamir White and hope that there's no Josh Jacobs this season or same thing with Matt Breida? That all about seems just like we talk about today with Eric Gray and Zamir White. Yeah, I just – I don't think I want to take a backup – guy in that sort of situation where i'm just banking on like a holdout um i want to take a guy that's on an explosive offense he's in a committee running back situation so that sucks but he's also in a committee with one guy who is also 80 years old and is riddled with injuries and another guy who's a rookie who might not have the frame to be a workhorse guy I know it's gross, probably as as gross as the Robert Woods pick was, but I'm gonna take Jeff Wilson. I don't think he's outside the top 180. I thought he was I, in. I oh, see him I as think... 184. I oh really? I see him as one. Oh wait, hold on, that's standard. I was looking at standard scoring for a second. Let's see a PPR. I got Michael was... Gallup at 184. Are you guys looking at PPR? Jeff Wilson, uh, uh, Jeff Wilson, PPR running back is 184. I would have yes, so sir. taken that over all the other running backs I took. I would have taken mm. that as my 101. That's an excellent pick. I didn't even know Go he was Corey. on the board. Go Corey. That's an excellent pick. No, no, no. That, well, that's, I mean, like, it, I genuinely like that a lot. I think Jeff Wilson has a chance to be the lead back for that team. It makes up for the rest of the terrible picks that you made. So, hey, now. <laughs> I, I wish I knew he was on the board. I would have totally taken that. Hey, I, I got, I got Hutchinson's pick. approval on both of my RB picks, so I will take that. Yeah, I, I would have taken. I would have taken. I would have taken him over everybody. I mean, Jeff Wilson finished just, nearly a top twenty-four running back last year. That's what I'm saying. He, yeah. Jeff Wilson, yeah. is the guy that you're like. Oh, he's a he's a handcuff RB. What can he do? And then every single year he has games, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. Jeff Wilson. <sighs> Man, but between Raheem Mostert, Devon A. Chain, I cannot wait for both of them to get four touches a game, and then Jeff Wilson <laughs> just gets seventeen. And we all feel stupid. We all sit in circles and talk about this all off season. And it's just more Jeff Wilson. Sleeper showdown winning pick Jeff Wilson.
Oh, I'm man. seriously afraid of that pick now. Like that. That's I did. Pick. I like that one. Just a quick note for everybody. Like I had to push the ADP down because like Corey, you're obviously smart. I talk to you every week, and then Hutch. Like I've seen some of your work. You know what you're talking about. If we made it the top 100, we would have gotten like the boring picks that everybody knows about by pushing the ADP down to 180. Like this is truly stuff that guys in their dynasty leagues and their redraft leagues, like Scott Fishbowl, if you're still drafting because your league mates are slow, like this is an opportunity to just grab yeah. some real, real sneaky names that can make a difference. Yes. So I, I love that pivot from 100 because I originally said 100 because that's what we did last year. But then Mike just like put in the show notes 180 actually. And I'm like, 180 why are we doing 180 and then i started looking at the list i'm like this is much more interesting yeah um okay well do you guys want to just wrap up and quickly just run through the teams that we drafted and we can call it good i'll go first i started with well I, i'll just go through top to bottom qb to te because i don't remember where i took anyone yeah. uh but i took for my qb cj stroud rbs i took malik davis and jeff wilson who uh i feel pretty good about based on your guys' reaction to me drafting them so mad about the jeff wilson pick man (laughs) so mad uh for my wide receivers i made up for it though with wandell robinson and robert woods who i think you both were pretty underwhelmed at uh and then i finished it out with tight end isaiah likely mike jeff wilson will carry on my shoulders it feels real good taking him with my last yeah, pick too. Feels pretty good. Uh, I can confidently say both of my receivers will score more than Bobby Trees this year. Uh, at quarterback, I have Baker Mayfield. Running back, I have Keontae Ingram and Jerome Ford. Wide receiver, I have Isaiah Hodgins, the New York Giants wide receiver one. I have Devontae Parker, the New England Patriots wide receiver one. Neither of those make me excited. And the tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers. Gerald Everett, which also Gerald, great name, name of power. <laughs> All right, Hutchinson, give us your team. Oh my goodness, um, my team. I've got a, uh, I've got a quarterback with a big, uh, with a huge um, set of weaponry around him with Desmond Ritter. My first running back uh, taking a shot at the Minnesota backfield with Terry McBride. My second running back is Clyde Tiller with Isaiah Pacheco injured, hoping to get some touches. My first wide receiver, hoping he can bounce back to where he was in 2019, 2020 with Michael Gallup. My second wide receiver, hoping to get the number two in the Rams offense with Van Jefferson. And then my tight end, hoping to get a second-year breakout from a 1,100-yard college tight end producer. I'm going to go with Trey McBride. I'm really mad about Jeff Wilson. I feel so much better about my team if I have replaced. <laughs> you are very I feel mad so much that. better about my team. <laughs> that was all, yeah, I completely stuttered there. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's just he's got a huge... <laughs> Big. like you're gonna finish with something else Yo. set of weaponry <laughs> just love we love talking about desmond ritter's set of weaponry and uh, um so Corey, dumb. what's the name of the washington quarterback coming out i forgot his last name owl you're talking about no. sam Howell? no the university oh, of washington oh. there's a quarterback coming <laughs> out next year michael phoenix <laughs> That will never get old. Uh, <laughs> I do think that it's but, technically Penix. I hate this much doesn't... because I'm not going to lie. When I said that, I was like, that is the worst thing I've ever said. And I need to write that down somewhere. And I need to write down, it was like my quote book or something. And I knew it was going to be bad. And I hoped you didn't notice. And then you said it and I hated you. And that was the worst. That'll be after the well, music fades from the podcast yeah, episode. That'll we, be the very last like thing. like a weird... We do like a weird, the show's over, but if you want to keep listening to the crap we said throughout the show, um, 
Do we want to do we want to stop our giggling at each other and let people know where to find Hutch? Or yeah, definitely, uh, Hutchinson. <laughs> please let the uh, let the people know what and where to find you. Um, appreciate it, guys. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at HutchinsonB underscore FF over there, uh, and you can pretty pretty much find all my content from there. I mean, I uh, make content with football guys. Expect to be on their YouTube channel a lot more soon, and I, uh, I write with DLF narrator over there on their team and i have a patreon patreon.com slash clutch hutch you can check that out it's a patreon page um and then and and then i have hooked on fantasy my podcast with luke Sawhook, and uh we've been doing some big things for the past couple of weeks starting a new podcast so it, it's been going really well but yeah any any form of support would be greatly appreciated anywhere i'm just a teenager trying to make his way in the fantasy football space and uh yeah any support or love was greatly appreciated so thank you i appreciate you guys having me on the show Thank you. Oh, absolutely, man. Any anytime you want to come back, I'm sure we'll we'll plead for you to come back uh, one of these <laughs> times because it was great having you, man. You you definitely know your stuff. Uh, it's very fun doing this draft with you with like two other like pretty sharp dudes with you and Mike on here. Kept me on my toes. Mm -hmm. uh, more you than Mike because you know looking at Mike's roster here, there's not a lot I'm excited about. But oh Baker. my god, you take you take quarterback out of it, I'm unstoppable. It's just Baker. I, I say that being the guy that drafted Robert Woods, so you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get I don't get a lot of credit. Uh, but no, man, yeah, for mm. sure. I mean, I think I think we're pretty much good here. But like I said, great having you on. I'm I'm sure we'll ask you to come on again if you're ever down to. I would love to. And if love you to. ever have like guest spots open, you want some uh, some big dum dums to come on your show, totally hit us up. We love just talking football, man. I'll see. So, yeah, anytime. Do, I'll see what I can do. You guys are great. This is awesome. Sweet. I've got a uh, I've got a quarterback with a big uh, with a huge um, set of weaponry around him with Desmond Ritter.